We are glad that you join us again this afternoon on the Gospel Lights broadcast. It is always a privilege to be here with you and we look forward to spending this time together with you. We would like to remind you that this service is coming to you from the Wesleyan Holiness Church here in Northwest Point in West Bay and Grand Cayman with our pastor being the Reverend Brenda Wallach and her assistant being Reverend Jeannie Dickerson and we are so pleased to have you with us again today. If you are interested in getting in touch with us, you may reach us by writing to us at the Gospelites Broadcast Post Office Box 346 West Bay, Grand Cayman, KY11301 in the Cayman Islands. Or you can call 345-949-3394 or 345-916-5454. Services here during the week is on Sundays. The Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., worship service at 11 a.m., and our evangelistic service in the evening at 6 p.m. with our midweek service of prayer, praise, and testimony service, Bible study um, on Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m., and youth meeting on Fridays at 7.30 p.m. over at the pavilion or the high school area, music room. This evening, Pastor Wallach is going to speak to us on the power of little things. If you have your Bibles, you want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29. We will favor you now with a beautiful song of inspiration.
today, let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29, and read from the Apostle Paul's writing. Paul says, But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world, and the despised things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are so, that no man may boast before God. In all the ages, God has delighted to use weak things or little things. This afternoon, would you think with me for a little while on the power of little things? Here in Corinthians, Paul speaks of five things that God uses. He says that God uses foolish things, weak things, base things, despised things, and things which are not. And why does God use little things? Paul says that no flesh should glory in his presence. So in reality, friends, when we are weak, then we are strong. Now, there are many people who think that they don't have strength enough to do anything for the Lord, when the fact is we have too much strength. According to the Bible, throughout the scriptures, we are at our strongest when we feel that we have no strength of our own and when we are willing for God to use us and work through us. If we are leaning on God's strength, we have more than all the strength of the world. Amazingly, the first step in constructing a bridge over the Great Niagara Fall Gorge was made by a 15-year-old American boy named Homan Walsh. On January the 30th, 1848, Homan <clears throat> flew a kite that he named Union from one side of the gorge to the other. Someone on the opposite side caught the kite and tied a stronger string to the end of the kite string, and Holman pulled the new thicker string back across the gorge. The process was repeated with an even stronger string, <clears throat> and then a cord, and then a rope, and then a thicker rope, and eventually a steel cable, which crossed the great expanse and was strong enough to support workers and tools and materials. And finally, a sturdy bridge over which trains and trucks could easily pass was completed over the gorge. And it all began with a little string. Now, Jesus tells us in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10, He that is faithful in that which is least or is little is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least or in the little is unjust also in much. And so according to our Savior, little things can make a significant impact in our lives. Friends, don't underestimate the power of little things. Jesus took a little lunch from a little boy and fed thousands with a little jawbone. Samson slew a thousand men. David took a little stone and slew the giant 
of the Palestinian army. With just a little faith, great things can be accomplished. So let's take a few moments and notice the power of little things. First of all, I'd like for you to notice the power of little sins. In the story of the mustard seed, Jesus wants us to understand that eternal salvation can pivot on a variety of little things in our lives, often more than we really know. Just as there is a positive aspect of this phenomenon, there's an opposite dynamic as well. Neglecting faithfulness in the little things can lead to big trouble. Just as David brought down a giant with something little, a small indiscretion in the life of David, a lingering lustful look, turned into adultery, deception, and even murder. And because of this little thing, David not only lost his, his own purity, but he lost four of his sons and nearly his entire kingdom over something that started with a little look at Bathsheba taking a bath. Then there is a trend in today's churches to ignore the little details of Christian faithfulness. When someone identifies little sins, he or she is often accused of being petty or legalistic. Some church-going men say it's just a little look. It doesn't matter as long as you're just window shopping. But the Bible says it can, and often will, turn into something much bigger. A glance at pornography, a sample of a drug, leads to addiction. The Christian writer E.G. White put it this way, It's one of Satan's most successful devices to lead men to the commission of little sins, to blind the mind to the danger of little indulgences, little digressions from the plainly stated requirements of God. And so we need to understand the danger of little things. Many Christians are going through life without recognizing how lethal they can be. Secondly, notice the power of little words. In 1871, there was a great fire that occurred in Chicago. Later on, during investigation of the cause of that fire, evidently it was a woman's cow. Her name was Mrs. O'Leary, and her cow was in her barn. And her cow twitched its leg and kicked over a little lighted lamp. That little lighted lamp caught a little wisp of hay on fire. And soon the whole barn was in flames, which spread to other buildings. And that once little fire soon consumed the entire city of Chicago. Hundreds of people died and millions of dollars of damage occurred all because of a twitching leg of a little cow. In James 3.5 we read, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, James tells us. If we have been in the church very long, we know this truth well. But we aren't very good about being good students, are we? Our teachers can tell us a good student is one who learns. We all know how small our tongue is. 
I don't need to tell you that. It's a very small part of our body, but the tongue can create problems as bad or worse than a heart attack if we're not careful with how we use it. Just one little careless misspoken word when our tongue twitches, a person can get ablaze like wildfire. And soon those little words can cause a big heartache, and in some cases it can even start a war. It's been said that termites destroy more property than earthquakes And I believe more sorrow is caused by the careless words of a friend than by the open slanders of an enemy. The deadliest animal in the world isn't a tiger or a bear or a stampeding elephant or a rhino. No, no, no. It is the mosquito which you and K-Man ought to identify with well. This tiny little beast kills about 3 million people a year through the spread of malaria. Some experts say that the mosquito might have caused the death of one out of every two human beings who ever lived. Yet we underestimate these little creatures because of their size. Jesus said, I tell you on Judgment Day, people will give an account for every thoughtless, careless word they have uttered, Matthew 12:36, And we also underestimate our words, for James tells us that the tongue is also like a fire, a world of wickedness among the parts of the body. Some people think that words will never hurt them, but I've lived long enough, my friends, to see people live out a long life and end up old, lonely, with no friends because of their careless words. And those careless words come back to bite them and ruin them, not to mention they would have to face God because of the words that they spoke. The brother of the famous singer Karen Carpenter, who died of anorexia, says that when his sister was young, someone referred to her as Richard's chubby little sister. Karen Carpenter never got that statement out of her mind, and it destroyed her self-esteem, and eventually it destroyed her whole body. Perhaps the person who said those words wouldn't remember saying them, but if he did he probably would want to take it back. The fact, however, is God doesn't forget. And of course, just the opposite is also true. Little words of encouragement and hope can turn a life around. The phrase, you're looking nice today, can restore self-confidence. Even a smile makes a person feel different and brightens their day. As I walk through the airport, I try to keep a smile on my face. And when I look at people, they smile in return. And how about just saying, you know I really appreciate you and what you do. Little words, my friends, can make an incredible difference in people's lives. It will change the atmosphere of your workplace. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. 
We should be especially careful with our words when we come into the house of the Lord, where what often begins as friendly chit-chat can turn into careless gossip. We need to keep our hearts reverent and keep our tongue in control always. When you think about all the words we say in a day and how easy it is to say something negative about something or somebody, you might be prone to get discouraged. But we have hope. Ask the Holy Spirit to set a guard at the door of your mouth, at the door of your heart, and check you before you speak. Ecclesiastes 5.2 says, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven, and thou upon earth. Therefore let thy words be few. This also includes social media, my friends. Your phone calls, your texts, your emails, your WhatsApp, and on and on we can go. The power of little sins, the power of little words, and thirdly, the power of a little time. We live in a rushed world. Everyone has things to do, places to go, but let us never forget that a little time given is of much worth. Mountains are made out of many grains of sand, and lifetimes are made out of many moments. It's amazing what a little time in the life of a child or a man or a woman can mean. There are lots of people who have only one great need, someone's time. Time to be heard, just a listening ear, but we are too busy. Fourthly, the power of a little money. Some people never have any money because they despise a little money. We've always encouraged our young people to start a savings account when they're in their early teens and try to save $5 a week. Hey, it amounts up to a good little chunk of money. Maybe you adults ought to try it. Craig Dawson was an un- had an unusual habit. He keeps an eye on the ground as he jogs. Now, this isn't just for balance or safety or even shyness. He's looking for spare change. During the past 25 years, Dawson says he's found $8,100 in lost coins. Now there's a lesson for all of us in this. It reminds us of the power of a small act done consistently over the long haul. Little things can become big things. Saving a little means having a lot. And our giving to the work of God equals big returns as well. Do you know what one cent in the work of God can do? It's said that a lady was filling a box for India when a child brought her a one cent piece. The lady bought a track with a penny and she put that track in the box. The track was later given to a Burmese chief that led him to Christ. The chief then led the, 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 told the whole story of his new found God and his great happiness to his friends of finding the Lord. His friends also believed in Jesus, and they got rid of their idols. 
Then a church was built there in Burma. A missionary was sent to them, and 1,500 Burmese were converted from heathenism. All of that, the result of that one little penny. The power of little things. The power of little words. The power of a little time. The power of a little money. And finally, the power of a little humility and love. Jesus was once invited to a dinner by a Pharisee, Simon. During the course of that meal, a woman came in who was uninvited. She entered the banquet hall, fell on her knees at the feet of Jesus, and poured ointment on his feet, wiping them with the hairs of her head. The Pharisee thought to himself, This man, if he were really a prophet, he would know who that woman was and what manner of of woman she is who's touching him. She's a sinner. And knowing that man's thoughts, Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 The other owed owed him fifty. Neither of them had the money to pay back. So he canceled the debts of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon's answer was clear. I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. Then Jesus explained, You didn't give me any water for my feet. You didn't give me any kiss. But I tell you, here's a woman that has given the water of her tears on my feet and kissed them. I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much. Many times, friends, those of us who have been raised in a Christian home in the church, we don't see that we were great sinners. But if we view ourselves as little sinners, we will have little appreciation for the enormity of God's grace. I was raised in a holiness home. Some things I wasn't allowed to do because I was made to mind. I was corrected. I was corralled. But I want you to know something I've always said. Though I didn't go out and do a lot of terrible things that a lot of people have, I was just as much on my way to hell as what a harlot is. You and I, with our little sin in our lives, are just as lost as anyone else. And I had to come to Jesus and confess my sin to Him and beg His forgiveness. And He did forgive, thank God, forever. And those who view themselves with an attitude of humility are those that God can do the most through. When we become great in our own eyes, God can do little with us. Jesus said, Except ye be converted and become as little children, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. All of us need to be saved and be forgiven. The smaller we are in our own eyes, the more worth we are to God. All of us have heard of Desmond Tutu, but few of us will know who Trevor Huddleston is. Yet without Trevor Huddleston, There may have never been an anti-apartheid leader named Tuto. Asked by the BBC to identify the defining moment in his life, 
Desmond Tutu spoke of the day he and his mother were walking down the street. Tutu was nine years old, a light-complected man dressed in a black suit was walking toward them. In the days of apartheid, when a dark-complected person and a light-complected person met while walking on a footpath, the dark-complected person was expected to step into the gutter to allow the light-complected person to pass, and they must nod their head as a gesture of respect. But this day, before young nine-year-old Tutu and his mother could step off the sidewalk, this light-complected man stepped off the sidewalk, and as Mrs. Tutu and her son Desmond passed, the man tipped his hat in a gesture of respect for Mrs. Tutu. The light-complected man was Trevor Huddleston, an Anglican priest who was bitterly opposed to apartheid. This experience changed Desmond Tutu's life. When Mrs. Tutu told her son that Trevor Huddleston had stepped off the sidewalk because he was a man of God, Desmond found his calling. He said, when she told me that he was an Anglican priest, I decided there and then that I wanted to be an Anglican priest too. And what is more, I wanted to be a man of God, said Desmond Tutu. Trevor Huddleston later became a mentor to Desmond, and his commitment to the equality of all human beings due to their creation in God's image was a key driver in Tutu's opposition to apartheid. I tell you, friends, there is power in little things. Even stepping off the sidewalk even tipping your hat, even smiling, even saying a kind word. Father, help us to do better in the little things of life. We pray that you'll let the sunshine in so we can face life with a grin. In Jesus' name, amen. I give it to you. 
Grace always say thank you for joining us again today on the Gospel X broadcast. And we look forward to you meeting with us again this same time next week and invite a friend to be with us. Remember, you can call us at 345-949-3394 or 345-916-5458. And now we say so long until next week. Done, he said the battle's not mine I give it to you